is the Jason Walker Show. Montana Sportscaster of the Year and three-time loser, the Jason Walker Show. The best local and statewide sports coverage featuring the biggest guests from Montana. Flint Rasmussen uh, joining us here on the Jason Walker Show. He's freaking exhausting, too. You used to dance a lot more. Yeah, I know, lady. I'm 51 years old now. The NAI Hall of Famer, Mike Vendice, joining us here Jason Walker Show. And is it just a deal where quarterbacks have to be good golfers? What's all they have time for? They don't work out, they don't lift weight, they don't do anything else, they might as well go get on the golf course and at least have some fun. And from across the country, Doug Gottlieb, our guest here on the Jason Walker Show. End of the day, remember, it, it's your show, it's got your name on it. Howie Mandel, our guest here. Jason Walker, deal or no deal. The Jason Walker Show, broadcasting from the Major Mortgage Man Cave. Here's Jason Walker. Yo, happy Thursday, the Jason Walker Show. In the Major Mortgage Man Cave. Looking forward to a fantastic afternoon. And uh, it's a show you're not going to want to miss for a multitude of reasons. I mean, for one, you should never miss this show anyway. I mean, let's be honest, right? Um, but for two, we're going to have a very, very important discussion. We're going to have a very important dialogue. Ife Kalajaye will join us. Former Carroll College men's basketball standout, uh, future lawyer, and he is African-American. And we are going to have a dialogue about race relations and what is going on across the country. And Ife is a great friend. Uh, we trust each other to have a great conversation. It's going to be... Um, it's just... It's going to be... Um, it's, it's going to be good. And that's coming up here in about uh, 10 minutes or so. Uh, looking forward to uh, checking in with Ife. Just to get a caught up on his life anyway. I mean, he's uh, going to go to law school. This is a great, great kid. Uh, you can watch live on Facebook. You can watch live on YouTube. You can watch live on Twitter and Periscope. You can listen live, treasurestateradio.com, Podbean, Network One Sports, and, of course, jasonwalkershow.com for any and all of everything that you'll ever need uh, for uh, the Jason Walker Show. So, uh, But before we get to Ife. A couple of things. The, uh, the coronavirus, COVID-19, Montana. Uh, so we left for vacation, what, May 22nd? We took the week off, Memorial Day weekend. Um, there were like 13 confirmed cases in the state of Montana of COVID-19. Active cases. As of what, yesterday or today, there's over 55. The state opened back up May 4th. It's going to have part to do with it. Phase one. Phase two started this past Monday, four days ago. We're going to see more cases, folks. And it's not going to stop. It's only going to get worse. It is funny, however, that nobody's talking COVID right now. I guess funny is not quite the word, but uh, it uh, it's interesting, right? Nobody's talking COVID right now. Should we be? Absolutely. We just sent our little one back to daycare after two and a half months for 
the sole reason that a well, a couple reasons. One, we were going to lose our spot, even though we kept paying. But two, it's important for her to have friends and not be cooped up. And yeah, we were doing stuff. Her and I in the mornings. Her and my wife in the afternoons. More than just Frozen, Frozen Two. We talked a lot about that, but that was a, you know mostly a joke. We read, we played, we built things, we did arts and crafts, we went for walks, we we went golfing. But she needed her friends, so she's back at school. How long will we keep her back at daycare? Two cases in Lewis and Clark County confirmed today. Now, one's a case from contact from someone in Idaho, and I think the other is kind of the same thing, contact from someone else. And I know that Bighorn County, Gallatin County, Yellowstone County is still the major hub for all of uh, the COVID in Montana. But it's, it's back in Lewis and Clark County after eight weeks. And we don't know anything about the two people that have it. We don't know where they go. We don't know who they've been in contact with since they contact, or contracted it. And this is why I keep saying, I'm not sold that there's going to be a fall sports season. We're going to see an explosion of cases in Montana end of this month. Tourists coming back. The governor said, no, don't quarantine. We're fine. And again, it goes back to, and I know I've been... I, I, I've been on the on the the the, the storyline the last few weeks of we need to get back to normal, but I go back now to again I have a two year old, okay, my oldest twenty two year old in Bozeman set to go to Auburn, leaving the first week of August for grad school for the next two years. My son in the military, Fort Riley, Kansas. But we're going to be locked down again. It's going to happen. Maybe not in July, but think about when all those college kids come back. They're already starting to allow student-athletes back. Nebraska had five student-athlete football players test positive for coronavirus. Alabama has some. Oklahoma. Montana State hasn't started back yet. They come back next week, 10 days. They're going to have some? Probably. University of Montana? Probably. Things to think about, folks. Also, when all the students come back to college in August, because every, most everybody in the state of Montana is coming back August 17th to start, they're not coming from just Fort Benton or Glasgow or Polson or Hamilton. Students come to the state of Montana from a variety of places. Most of the 50 states, a lot of them, go to Bozeman, go to Missoula. Carroll College isn't full of students from just Montana. It might be a shock to you, but it's true. Same thing with Western and MSUB and Rocky and Tech, Northern Dawson, Providence, Miles City. I mean, we're going to see this. Now, 
on that same sentence or breath, I will add this. If we are locked down again in September, it not only will be statewide, it'll be nationwide, and it will end in November depending on who's elected. Mark my words. All right, real quick, uh, got this uh, email today. NAIA sent this out. Planning for a fall sports season. Planning for a fall sports season. This is what the NAI office sent out today. Uh, they originally had said July 1st is the date they would announce plans for the fall after discussions with many in the uh, institutions and conferences. Uh, this is what's going to happen. Uh, the Council of Presidents... Approve the use of a uh, threshold system is what it is for determining return to play. The threshold goal is for about half the participating institution in each sport to receive clearance from local authorities to return to competition before the season can begin. For instance, Tech, Carroll, MSU, UM, none of them can actually do anything until local authorities say it's okay. So, NAI has 95 participating institutions in football. That means about 47 of these programs have to get clearance from authorities to play. Then the NAI football season will be authorized to begin. Okay? Uh, here's your important start dates. For practices, August 15th. So, the practice start date for all sports, August 15th. For NAI... Here is the competition start dates. Very important for all sports except football in the fall. That means volleyball, cross country, golf, men's and women's soccer, um, and others. For fall sports only. Ready for this? All sports except football can have competition starting September 5th. That's providing they get three weeks of practice prior to competition. When does football start, you ask? Because if football doesn't start, then most of these schools will have to they have to cut sports, which means a lot of these schools in the NAI won't be able to sustain. Football can start competition. Do I have a drum roll? I don't think I do. September 12th. Providing, that's four weeks of practice prior to competition, I believe Carroll has a bye week September 12th. Here's the other thing. Football can only play nine games, down from 11. Carroll was only going to play 10. Most frontier schools usually only play 10, all in league play. Who gets dropped from the schedule? Well, if I'm Carroll, you're probably dropping an Eastern Oregon road trip, a Southern Oregon road trip, which, by the way, I believe Southern Oregon road trip would be the end of September. That would be smart to cancel because... Oregon governor said anything through September is pretty much going to be canceled anyway. Large gatherings through September. Well, that includes football. Cross-country meets down from 8 to 7. Men's and women's soccer games down from 18 to 14. And volleyball down from 28 to 22. This is the NAI. That comes from uh, President and CEO Jim Carr. We'll try to reach out to him, get him on next week. But August 15th, Right now, practice can start. If, if local communities say it's okay, local authorities say it's okay, okay? 
We'll see. We'll see. I wouldn't hold your breath. Same for high school. Yeah, I wouldn't hold your breath. Anyway. All right, we're going to take a break. We are going to come back and have a very important discussion. Okay? This is not something that I was comfortable talking with about by myself. So I reached out to a good friend of mine. Ife Kalajai will join us to talk about race relations and more when we return here on the Jason Walker Show. Have you thought about buying a home and just don't know where to begin? Well, when it comes to one of the most important purchases one can make, we understand it can be frustrating and confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Let the Major Mortgage Team help you with all your mortgage needs. Major Mortgage means major service, and we would love the opportunity to help you today. Give J.R. McFadden, NMLS number 1246357, a call today at 406-465-1918, or you can visit him at 2001 11th Avenue, Building A, Suite 3 in Helena. Major Mortgage is a division of AMCAP Mortgage, NMLS number 129122, equal housing lender. Father's Day is coming fast, and what more would that great dad in your life want than a full detail from Auto Concepts? Or maybe he would just prefer a lift kit. It's also camping season, and now is the perfect time to outfit that rig with a winch just in case. Auto Concepts is your home for everything for your vehicle, including updating your car stereo system too. Auto Concepts also has gift certificates for dad or yourself. Visit AutoConceptsHelena.com. Auto Concepts, the auto enhancement professionals. Yes, it's true that Montana is a long way from the Gulf Coast, but you can bring that Cajun flavor home with a stop at Cafe Zydeco. From po'boys to classic sandwiches, Cafe Zydeco has all the best Cajun in town. Are you in the mood for seafood gumbo or crawfish etouffee? Maybe you're craving jambalaya with some shrimp and grits. Head in for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or call ahead for pickup or delivery. Cafe Zydeco will fix all your southern cravings, even on a chilly Montana day. Cafe Zydeco is a proud sponsor of the Jason Walker Show. Who doesn't love being number one? When your team's dominating the standings, or your favorite band rocks the charts at number one, it feels good, right? Kind of like how it feels when you have auto insurance with State Farm. Because making you feel like number one is an honor your local State Farm agent takes seriously. Through the good times and not so good, your State Farm agent's proud to be here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Mike Miller in Helena today. I'm done with this. Thinking about trying something new? The Montana Air National Guard has so many exciting career fields to choose from. Many that can open up opportunities in your civilian life. The best part? You'll be getting paid to learn a new trade skill right here at home. What are you waiting Hello. for? Let's get you in school and get you paid. Contact Lee Fecto at 406-788-8962. Junior's Anniversary Month at Rutgers Furniture, and you won't believe the savings you'll find on the largest selection of home furnishings in Helena. At Rutgers, you'll find sofas, sleepers, recliners, reclining sofas, leather, bedroom, dining room, occasional tables, entertainment consoles, Serta Eye Comfort, the most comfortable beds in town, and more. 12-month financing is available with approved credit on most purchases over $289. Ask for details. For great values on new looks for your home, shop the anniversary sale at Rutgers Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena.
Welcome back to the Jason Walker Show. Welcome back, Jason Walker Show. We are live in the Major Mortgage Man Cave here on a uh, fantastic Thursday. Uh, still to come on this day in history and uh, a whole lot more. And uh, the walk-off as well. But I want to get right to my, uh, my, my guest on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. And I think we have this figured out. Joining us via the Zoom. Let me see if I can, okay, unmute. Let me try the video. I got to move you over. I've never done this. I don't know what we're doing. Ife Kalajaya, are you there, my friend? Hello, sir. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? We got Ife on video. We don't have him on. Let's see. Do you have my audio? I hear Ife. Do we hear you? I think we're good. I don't know. Uh, Ife, you there, buddy? Nope. All right, we're gonna we're gonna try something different. Um, let me call him real quick. Well, the live live stuff is so good, right? I mean, it works. Uh, Got to figure this uh, this stuff out. Here we go. We're gonna try to get Ife on. We'll give him a call here. Ife Kalajaye. Hey, buddy. How are you, my man? I'm doing. We are. Uh, I can't figure out the Zoom, so we're gonna do this through the phone. Sorry, you say that one more time. We're gonna. I can't figure out Zoom, so we're gonna do this on your phone. Okay, no worries. No worries. Um, I no can. Worries. I can actually. I think I can get your video though, and then uh, which would be kind of cool. So let me try that. Um, anyway, okay. how, how are you, my friend? It's been a while since we've chatted. I'm- I know, I know. I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, a little numb right now, but uh, overall, like, I'm good uh, in terms of what's happening with uh, my next career step. Uh, I'm good. My family is good. Everybody's safe. Everybody's healthy. Um, me, I'm good. I'm about to start uh, law school this upcoming fall at uh, Pepperdine. So I'm definitely very excited about that. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, you know, starting a journey. Um, and yeah, but I mean, I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well, you know, just uh, living the dream and, and trying to figure out, you know, technology and, and all this stuff. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you got accepted into Pepperdine, which is a very nice law school for you. I mean, this is great. So I was very excited. Um, the LSAT was no joke. <laughs> I don't know why to use <laughs> it was a couple months of just just grinding on that, you know. But I mean, if you put in the hours, I, I mean, it, it thankfully it paid off. Um, and uh, I mean, I also won't lie that the Montana snow, you know, it did scar <laughs> me a little bit. So <laughs> I am I am happy about the sunshine. <laughs> Very cool. When do you start uh, there at Pepperdine? Um, that's going to be August tenth. Okay. Is when uh, launch week begins. That's early. So it's coming. It's, yeah. it's coming up real soon. Uh, time is flying. Well, Ife joining us here, Jason Walker Show. What are you going to do? Are they going to have online? Because I don't know if California is going to be able to, to go to school in, in August. Yeah, we actually just received an email uh, from them saying that um, 
we were going to be, or they were ready to accept students onto the campus. Um, and they're looking forward to having us, you know, based on the guidelines, guidelines and things are released and with their, uh, the safety uh, precautions that they've taken, that they will in fact be able to have students come up and be able to, you know, get situated with housing and we'll be able to start, you know, on campus, you know, in the classroom in person. That's Which fair. was kind of nice. Yeah. I was, you know, I was happy about that. No doubt. Ife Kalajaya joining us here, Jason Walker Show. This segment, by the way, brought to you by our good friends over at Rutgers Furniture. Make the quality choice for your home at Rutgers Furniture. So you left, uh, Carol, a little over a year ago um, with a degree and graduated and, and lots of fun. You've been back down in California. You mentioned the snow. Do you, do you miss it at all? Just a little bit? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's funny because I saw I saw it started I saw uh, on social media it was snowing a little bit in uh, August. Or I saw like you know the weather was really going down. You know, and I was like, ooh, you know, I don't miss that aspect of it. But I would say you know that it's for you know for Christmas and maybe New Year's. You know, those two days. You know, I missed it. But after that. I gotta say, I don't mind the seventy to eighty degrees <laughs> no <doubt>. <laughs> out here. <laughs> no doubt. That is fantastic. Well, okay. What was worse, the snow or the cold? I think it was just things that came with it. So, like, you know, I wasn't, you know, because growing up in California my whole life, uh, you don't worry about, you know, starting your car fifteen minutes before <laughs> you know you have to go somewhere, or like <laughs> having the windshield scraper. And like going out, I remember there was a time where our car or my roommate's car got, or no, actually it was a girl on the basketball team, one of the women's basketball players. Her car, she was pulling in and her car got stuck in a snowbank and there was nobody around except me and my roommate. Uh, and we had to, we, I mean, we had, she was by herself and so we helped her, you know, with our bare hands. I didn't have gloves at the time. Bare hands, move the snow. You know, help move the smoke from the bumper, you know, try to get the car situated, bring it out with a little snow bank, and we're freezing. My ears were freezing. My nose was, it was just like, man, this is not, this is, I'm not used to this. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it was a good experience. I'm happy I did go through it just so, like, I now know, you know, having lived in California my whole life, I know what it is, you know, to live in a place that where it's colder and where it snows and where it's different. So I'm definitely happy I got to experience that. Ife Kalajai joining us here uh, via Zoom on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. Uh, Ife, I reached out to you because over the years as a saint, and I was doing radio, you and I became pretty tight. Um, great stories that will never make the air. Um, told in training rooms and hotel rooms and bus trips and all that. Um, I, I reached out to you because of, of what's going on across America right now. And, you know, I'm not in any position to judge. I'm not in any position to really say anything, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Uh, um, we can all agree, I think, Ife, what happened to George Floyd, uh, inexcusable, and was murder, and the four police officers have been arrested, and that's fantastic. And now we have to figure out how to grow from that. And what's your thoughts? Um, well, right now it's just kind of, it's frustrating to think that, you know, after slavery, after Jim Crow, after segregation and everything, you know, that it has come to this point where, you know, we're back, you know, where it takes something like this for it to be, you know, explicit 
on video, caught, you know, on camera, uh, where it, you know, it, there's no question about it that it takes that to for it to be, you know, nationally recognized at this scale. That okay, yes, racism is still happening. It's still a prominent thing, you know. And you know, for me, I mean, I have my, I have two, or three siblings. Um, and it's, I think about, you know, if we were to get pulled over, it's like we were taught, like we're at home, you know, our parents, like they, we talk about, we have these conversations where it's like, okay, you get pulled over, you have to put your hands in the wheel, you know, take your wallet and your phone out, leave it on the dashboard. So, you know, you don't have to reach into your pocket. You know, these are different things you, you talk about and have to be prepared for, you know, in case situations arise because you don't want to be put in a situation where for whatever reason, they think you're doing something, you know, that you shouldn't be doing and then, you know, open fire, you know, God forbid, or um, they, you know, they're aggressive, overly aggressive with you. So, you know, right now I would say I'm just hoping that, you know, everybody understands, you know, and, but especially now is you say everybody, but then it's like we need white America also to understand and acknowledge, you know, that the past uh, social system, systemic uh, injustices you know, that oppress brown and black people, that that ideology is still rearing its head in 2020. So that needs to be acknowledged, you know, and then suppressed. And then we need to be able to take action to move forward from that. Ife Kalajaya joining us here at Jason Walker Show. I don't want to lead this discussion, Ife. I want you to start the dialogue. I want you to Go where you want to with this. Teach us. I just want to sit back and learn. Help me out here. As a, as a Montana kid, help me understand this. Yeah, so, I mean, so when you say, like, you know, with officers, uh, that there's a bad apple, right? You know, you say, okay, you know, they have a bad apple in the police force. And, like, you don't say bad apples with, you know, pilots. You can't have a bad apple with a pilot because, I mean, the plane will crash and that's just, I mean, those are lives gone. You don't do that with doctors or you have a bad apple with them, and then they get prescribed, prescribed bad medication and, you know, kill people. It's like, no, you come and sue him for everything he's got, you know, and you go after him and his license and everything. So when we say that bad apple is in the police force, it's like, yes, we know that, but then we also need to take action for that. We can't just allow it and the racism that keeps happening, you know, to keep happening. We need to stop it. We need to address it. Because or else it's like after this George Floyd thing, who's going to be the next George Floyd? You know, we've had uh, Ahmaud Arbery who was killed jogging. We've had Breonna Taylor who was killed. The police broke into her home when the suspect was already in custody, you know, and she was shot, you know, and the, the, the suspect was already in custody. So it's just when we hear and we see these stories, it's like it just keeps happening over and over, you know, and as a black man in this country, it's like, okay, when is this going to stop? Because we thought, you know, it's like we're living in a in a, in a a history book, you know, where it's like, okay, well, now it's going to be the 2020 where, okay, these people are rioting, burning down precincts and different things. And it's like, it's just, it's it's, it's numbing. Like, I've had a, a an empty feeling in my stomach, you know, for a while now because it's just, it, it's tough to think of when you try to wrap your head around it. It's like, I can go out at any moment and something could happen, or just because of the color of my skin, just because I don't look the way another white person wants me to look, or another, it's just, that's that's kind of frightening, you know, and that's something I feel like we need to address, you know, and kind of take action towards that. 
And I'm glad. I mean, I appreciate you having me on to be able to speak on this because at the end of the day, it just comes down to respecting black people as humans, you know, because we're, we're all humans, you know, we all want to live the life to the fullest, but it's just respecting our humanity, you know, respecting our humanity, respecting us as humans and being able to move forward, you know, and progress. We've made different laws, we've made amendments, but it's like they're not, they're not abiding by them. And it's not fair because then it's, we, then they'll, you know, people portray black people as, you know, the angry black man or angry black woman. And it's like, well, you, these things are happening though, where you can't, we're suppressing them. Because God forbid we didn't have this George Floyd, uh, killing on film on, on camera, the eight minutes and 50 seconds that he was the guy, the police officer was kneeling on his neck. And, and they deny it and say, well, you know, I was scared for my life. And it's just, where do we go from there? It'll be tough to tough to handle because then it's well the prosecutor now has to go to, go to the police to get the evidence for to prosecute the police officers. But it's conflict of interest because it's the police that you're trying to put their colleagues in jail. So how you know eager are they going to be to give that evidence over? And then the unions that represent the police officers are very strong and very they 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 do what they can to protect their own. So it's just tough to deal with, you know, as a minority, as a black or brown person, when these things are at play. You know, and it's just like, will it? How much are we going to tolerate? Um, and it's at this point, it's, the meter is pushing to like, no, we're not going to tolerate it anymore. Like, we need to be intolerant of intolerance. That's I, that's where that's where this needs to be, you know, and that's where I stand on this issue. We need to be intolerant of intolerance because we can't do this anymore. We just can't do this anymore. We've seen, you know, the Sacramento Kings announcer lost his job uh, this week because he had a conversation on Twitter with DeMarcus Cousins and, you know, DeMarcus Cousins, black, the announcer, not. And he said, you know, all lives matter. Why, as a, as a black person, how does that affect you? And what is, I mean, how can we change that all lives do matter, but at this moment in time, it's, it's BLM, Black Lives Matter? Um, because we already know, or it's already a given, you know, that all lives matter. We already know that. So let's say uh, all lives matter, or like we all need to forgive and we all need to, you know, we all need to move forward. It's like, well, no, this is happening, though, still. So we say, yeah, all lives matter. Yes, we agree with that. Nobody's disputing that. But now when we talk about black lives matter, we need to be able to, like, why is it that we can't say black lives matter? You know, yes, we already know all lives matter. That's already a giving just as a, we're all human and we're all, you know, going through life. So, yes, all lives matter. But then why is it a thing when it's black lives matter? Why is it that that can't be said? Like why can't we just? Why is it so difficult when we know we know we're aware of the oppression that happens, you know, with slavery? We know the oppression that happens with segregation. We know that there are issues with education and educating uh, minorities. We know that there are issues with uh, low, 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 high, finding high quality places for minorities to live in. But there there aren't that many opportunities outside of school or outside of uh, for recreational opportunities. So. Why is it a thing where it becomes so difficult to say Black Lives Matter? Like, why why can't we say that? 
You know, like we can say all lives matter, we know that, but why is it so difficult to say black lives matter? It would be my question. Like why when it comes to that, it can't like it's just a thing where it just it can't be said. Because I feel like it just shouldn't be said. Or like why like we I don't know, like it just it my question then to that would be why? Why can't black lives matter be said? No, that's and that's well said, and that's you know this is the reason I want you on is to have this dialogue. I have a lot of questions, mm-hmm. and you know, living in Montana, Ife, and you experienced Montana for uh, you know four or five years, but Montana's in a bubble, uh, in, in a lot of the states up here, Wyoming, North South Dakota, Montana, it's not California. We're not used to, you know, everything that you like. You said you've gone through at an early age. You're taught. Look, you know, when, when you're pulled over, this is what you do. This is what you don't do. We're not used to that. And I don't know. I, I want to be able to understand it better. Um, and, and what you go through on a daily basis, Ife. Yeah. So, I mean, even with that, it was, it's also, you know, put your hands on the steering wheel. Um, lay your hands we see at all times. Don't raise, don't raise your voice at the police officer. You know, don't be aggressive with them, do what they say, listen to them. So it's already like a, we're taught already to be submissive. So then that, on top of that then, it's like, if that's not working, then what will work? So they say, because we, we're not going to be aggressive. Okay, then we're going to be submissive. That doesn't work. So what will work? So that's the first thing. So to answer your question of what, for me, um, I remember a story when I was in middle school. Uh, we were at, uh, in social studies and I remember we were sitting around the table, like me and five or six other people. And she was like, oh, there was a girl across the table. And we're just talking about, oh, like, what college do you want to go to? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, uh, I'd love to. I mean, I'm trying to hoop in college. And she's like, what? <laughs> Black people don't go to college. And I, as I got older, I remembered that. And, like, it kind of registered in front anymore. And I was like, that's actually crazy that she would say something like that. But at the time, it was just like, I just kind of blew it out. I was like, oh, whatever. She doesn't, she doesn't know what she's talking about. So it's little things like that that kind of that will happen where it's like it's just kind of ingrained in society and ingrained in, you know, in people's way of thinking that, okay, they're not capable of doing this or they're not worthy of this or they're not worthy of this treatment or this respect. And she didn't say that to any of the other people that are at the table, but it was for me she said that to me. And that's what, so that's kind of the reality, you know, uh, I was living in and I lived in, but, and thankfully, you know, it didn't, hinder me from going to a great school like Carol or anything like that, but it's still just something that you have to deal with. You know, people, if you're, when you travel and you're in a place, so like coming to Montana, there weren't that many black people in Montana. Mm-hmm. So I knew I had to, you know, conduct myself in a manner where it's like, if you do anything crazy, uh, you're going to be, it's like you're the only black person. So you're going to work with any you know, black people. So they see you, whatever you do, they didn't say, oh, well, that's what black people do. So I had to conduct myself in a way that's like, okay, you know, be civilized, which is what, I mean, I am. I'm civilized, I'm respectful. I try to respect everybody and I do my best to, you know, have, you know, respectful dialogues with, with people. But at the same time, it's just kind of understanding that, that you're not, like, it's not something that you can just take for granted, you know, especially being in, a place where it's not that many like you around. So you have to be careful. Like I was on alert, you know, in Montana because it's like, you just don't, you just can't be too careful. And that's like the mindset that, 
you know, black or brown people will have. You know, for me, that's what, that's kind of how I had it. So I said, yes. You know, and, and I will say that my time in Helena was great. You know, people were great. People were nice. You know, people had me over for uh, host family dinners where, I mean, everybody, the community was great. I mean, we, you and I are friends. It's like, you know what I mean? So it's not, my time in Helena was great. Don't get me wrong. But I'm just saying that, that my reality was I'm one of very few black people in Montana and I'm going to act accordingly. Let me ask you this real quick. It's a two-part question. First question, did you experience racism in your time at Carroll, whether it was in Helena or across the state? And two, did you completely, because of what you just said, did you change who you are as a person when you came to Helena? So uh, there was one specific moment uh, that I do remember uh, when I was getting, uh, I was actually, we were buying a, a futon with my roommate and I, and we were about to check out. And there's a there's a the cashier was a middle aged woman I was checking out, and I was paying for the futon. And it, it's on a, like a larger cart. So she goes, um, make sure you, we're about to leave. So like make sure you guys don't make sure you guys don't steal the cart now. And it's just like, and I, I remember I looked at her and looked at my roommate. Was like. I'm going to see in the car before I do something I regret. Right. So, and that's just, and like that, <laughs> because I, I knew that if I went crazy, you know, and go off there, it's like, Oh, well, I mean, it's just another example of another angry black man just going crazy in a place that mostly white people. And it's like, I just had to leave the situation before things got out of hand. So that was like one instance. And that was very early during my time, uh, at, in, in Helena, but you know, other than that, um, there may be a couple comments here and there, but for the most part, my time was fine in Helena. But, and to answer your second question, I didn't have to change who I was. You know, uh, I was still myself. Um, I was still able to make jokes, be easygoing, um, talk to people of, you know, different races. I mean, Carol wasn't just white people. We had people from different places. Mm-hmm. So I was able to make friends with different people. And, uh, you know, I didn't have to change who I was. I just had to be just aware of my surroundings and just, you know, make sure that uh, just to protect myself, you know, just, and just in case you just don't know until you go through it and just find out, okay, what people's motives are and what, how, who they are as people, you know, what, what's in their heart, you know, but, um, I didn't have to change who I was where I was just myself and, you know, I just was able to be hoop, you know, go to a good school. And, um, I had a good time. Ife College, Jaya joining us. Can you stick around for another segment? I can. Okay. Sure. Uh, is it true, real quick, before we go to break, the, is it true that you were called actually the whitest guy on the Saints basketball team? The whitest guy on the yeah, Saints because basketball you, team? You, because you listen to, like, country music or something. It was something to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it vividly. Hey, hey. <laughs> hey I, I, I will say I did learn the name of a couple country artists, Jason Aldean <laughs> and uh, Swan Brothers. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I want to talk some more about Carol, but I want to continue this dialogue when we come back. Ife College, I, uh, joining us on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. We'll come right back. This segment brought to you by our friends at Rutgers Furniture. Hang on, Ife.
Sure, and you won't believe the savings you'll find on the largest selection of home furnishings in Helena. At Rutgers, you'll find sofas, sleepers, recliners, reclining sofas, leather, bedroom, dining room, occasional tables, entertainment consoles, Serta Icon for the most comfortable beds in town, and more. 12-month financing is available with approved credit. The most purchases over $289. Ask for details. For great values on new looks for your home, shop the anniversary sale at Rutgers Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena. You know, because there's a difference between protesting and rioting. Father's Day is coming fast, and what more would that great dad in your life want than a full detail from Auto Concepts? Or maybe he would just prefer a lift kit. It's also camping season, and now is the perfect time to outfit that rig with a winch just in case. Auto Concepts is your home for everything for your vehicle, including updating your car stereo system, too. Auto Concepts also has gift certificates for dad or yourself. Visit AutoConceptsHelena.com. Auto I just want to make sure that auto enhancement that professionals. About stuff like that. Yes, it's true that Montana is a long okay. way from the Gulf Coast, but you can bring that Cajun flavor like home with a stop at Cafe Zydeco. From po' boys to classic sandwiches, Cafe Zydeco has all the best Cajun in town. Are you in the mood for seafood gumbo or crawfish etouffee? Maybe you're craving jambalaya with some shrimp and grits. Head in for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. That's always call ahead for pickup or delivery. Cafe Zydeco will fix all your southern cravings, even on a chilly Montana day. Cafe Zydeco is a proud sponsor of the Jason Walker Show. Who doesn't love being number one? When your team's dominating the standings, or your favorite band rocks the charts at number one, it feels good, right? Kind of like how it feels when you have auto insurance with State Farm. Because making you feel like number one is an honor your local State Farm agent takes seriously. Through the good times and not so good, your State Farm agent's proud to be here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Mike Miller in Helena today. Dinner's Done Right is open and ready for you to stop Um, in and stock up for the summer. How does a Big Sky Flank Steak sound or a Sage Roasted Pork loin? June's menu also includes a Parmesan tilapia and a variety of fantastic chicken cuisines and more. And if that's not enough, Dinner's Done Right's Grab and Go Soup Salad and Nacho Bar is back as well, with one exception. The delightful staff now will make it for you. And don't forget, deliveries to Bozeman and Great Falls on select days. Stop in at 1212 Cedar Street in Helena or visit dinnersdoneright.com. Welcome back to the Jason Walker Show. Uh, the wonders of technology. Yeah. If you're listening, you, you heard stuff. It's like, the, like I said yesterday, it's like the Dan Patrick Show. You get to hear a little bit of everything that goes on behind the scenes. So there you go. Uh, Jason Walker Show, this segment brought to you by Mark LaRoe Photography. Uh, this picture over my left shoulder, or right, depending on how you're looking at me, is a uh, is a uh, Mark LaRoe, and it's fantastic. It's called Sunset uh, in the over the Rocky Mountain front. The Sun River's there. Sun would be where B- about Augusta is. Um, great stuff. Go to MarkLaRoePhotography.com. Check out buy his stuff. Spirit of the Big Sky Gallery is fantastic, but uh, it is a fantastic um, photo play. And not to mention, he does landscapes and equine and ranch work and rodeos. He can do your senior portraits too. 
family portraits as well. So get a hold of marklarophotography.com. Right, I want to continue the conversation with uh, Ife College IA. Uh, I think I, I got you. Uh, you still there? Yes, I'm still here. Okay. Good. Ife uh, joining us uh, via the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. And uh, Ife, we were talking during the break, and some people heard this. Like I said, I want you to continue the dialogue, and I just want to listen. I, I just... I, I don't know, you know, I have a lot of questions, and one of them is, are you okay with the protesting that's going on? And with the right, you know, there's a difference between, or is there a difference between protesting and rioting and what's going on the last week across the United States? Um, so first, I would want to start with saying that, you know, we, you know, people are protesting and rioting, but we do need to um acknowledge what is making them protest and riot, right? And it is what's happened, you know, recently and then over the years. So first and foremost. And then, so with rioting and looting, right, I don't think that that is uh, the best way to express how you feel in terms of uh, looting or in terms of burning down buildings. Uh, I mean, my parents are pastors and people came to burn down the church, you know, over this killing, it would be devastating. So, I do think protesting, you know, peaceful protesting, you know, saying, you know, you, you can do chants, you're doing your, you're saying your peace, but protesting is okay. And I think that they shouldn't be attacked by the police, or shouldn't be, the police shouldn't be, you know, aggressive with the protesters because, you know, we know what they're doing it for. And it's against police brutality and it's against social justice and equality. And that's like kind of where I see it because it's when you have a few bad apples to bring it back to a few bad apples, mm-hmm. it's like it messes up the whole and this is where we are now. It comes back to this. So like we've been down this road and it comes down to like, okay, yes, you say, you know, people shouldn't uh, loot or they shouldn't uh, burn or they shouldn't do, they shouldn't protest. They're protesting too much. There's too many people in the streets. They have the curfews. But at the same time, it's like, why are they doing this? There's a reason because people don't do that and go to this extreme unless it's something that's burning them on the inside. And if a George Floyd killing, when you see that, that will make you do things that, I mean, that are unimaginable. Did you see that? And that, what if it's your brother? What if it's your uncle or your dad? And that gets, you know, if you would, burning down a building would be, you can do that in a snap of a finger. So I think we do have to just acknowledge, okay, the reason why it's going to these lengths is because what's happening is just we're, we're in a dire situation right now. It's dire and it, 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 it brings about, you know, feelings that you can't even be explained. Like you just can't explain it when people, when you, you're seen as inferior because of, not because of who you are or who, who you, what you've done or what it's just, the, just on the color of your skin, the body that you have. And that's like that's where that comes down to, you know. Ife College, I joining us here, Jason Walker Show. Um, cops have been shot, and and mm-hmm. in during these protests, um, that's not accomplishing anything. And mm-hmm. George Floyd, and we said this at the beginning, and I completely agree. I, I completely mean this when I say it's murder. It was absolutely terrible. Should have never happened. But I, I know there's anger, but 
you know, I'd rather burning a build a building be burned down than cops getting shot. That has to not sit well with you either, right? Because you know, no matter what, anybody dying is bad. I agree. I agree. Definitely. Like they shouldn't. It shouldn't come down like killing the cops because George Floyd was killed shouldn't be the answer. As angry as we are, as angry as you know, one as understandably angry as one would be, you know, after this killing the killing the cops isn't uh, the right solution. Um, killing anybody, you know, taking a life, you know, rather than just. But then the question is, then okay. You don't kill, and again, I just want to make it clear that I'm not condoning the killing of the cops. Right. But if we were to take them to or allow the justice system to do what it's done over the past years, that what history has shown, we look at the track record: the cops will kill George Floyd, and then we'll go free. You know, because they'll say, "Well, let's get their life," and then they just have to prosecute them. So that's where, because they don't trust the justice system, that's where you know that killing of the cops comes in. But it's wrong to kill the cops. They shouldn't kill the cops. You do, I mean, you, you, you have to trust the justice system to try to get it done. But the justice system won't. So that's where the, you know, the dichotomy is. Mm-hmm. How do we, how do we make change happen, Ife? As a society, not black, not white, not anything. As a society as a whole, as America as a whole, how can we be better and, and make change happen? I think it's educating, educating ourselves, you know, and knowing the history and why these things are in place and how they got in place. So knowing, like, Remember the Titans is a movie that people, like, <laughs> it's crazy to think, but it's a movie that, like, people, we, we need to watch now. because And you would think, that, oh, we're passing, you know, we've all seen it, you know, we understand, okay, black and white, doesn't matter, you get along, we, you know, we're towards a common goal, we're... Everything's good, but it's not. So I think it's just educating me to educate ourselves on how it is that, you know, where this ideology comes from of, you know, black people, brown people being inferior, where it comes, and it's from the days of slavery, it's from the segregation, it's from, uh, you know, the Jim Crow. So education, I think, is very important with that. And then being able to, change legislation, I think, would be the next step, you know, with police brutality, um, with uh, housing housing discrimination, uh, wages, uh, opportunities in low-income neighborhoods, you know, to be able to do things, you know, besides uh, being in gangs or being involved in drugs, but a lot of them just don't have that opportunity. So I think it's educating, you know, and then looking at legislation to see, okay, what can be, you know, enacted to help, you know, steer this in the right direction and to, you know, bring about the, the progress that we want. Because anger and, like, you know, to keep rioting and keep burning things down and to keep shooting, like, it's just, it's not going to get the job done. Like, we'll be here again, you know, in two months, another killing happens, and then we'll be here again having the same conversations and it'll be the same thing. And that's the biggest fear for a lot of black people. It's like, how, how much longer is this going to happen? Because we thought we were past it. So, how much longer is it going to happen? We want that change, but I think it comes to educating, right? We educate ourselves, understand, okay, what it is, how this comes about, why, you know, this system is in place, and then 
we need to acknowledge it. Everybody, black, white, everybody needs to acknowledge it. And then take action to improve on it. What would you say right now to as a as a white as a white person, what would you say to me to really understand the anger built up inside over the years and how I can be better to you? And take out the fact that we're already friends. <laughs> yeah. Um, it would be you willing to stand up again, so not just uh, be a bystander when things like this are happening or when racism is, uh, especially when it's this overt. But even when it's not, you know, just to be just anti-racism, so not just be neutral. You have to be anti-racism. Because if you're not anti-racism, that means you're okay then with uh, things happening that shouldn't happen to blacks or, you know, for if white people think, you know, black people are inferior, then there's certain things that will happen where you'll be, you'll just be like, well, I mean, I guess I just, you know, it happens or well, you know, it's not, it's not my issue. It's not my problem. So it's for you, it would be, I would say like for you, it's like you, I would like hope that you'd be anti-racism and speak out against and be like, no, this is wrong. White people, we need to acknowledge that this is something that has been, you know, ingrained in our line of thinking and we need to change it. You know, I had a friend who was texting me today and he had put on his story just, you know, different, uh, different anti-racism quotes and different anti just showing what's happening. And then one of his white friends put, I'm muting you now because of your racist dialogue. <laughs> and he sent me the screenshot and I was like, this is crazy. He's mad for you, you know, being anti-racism. Right. And, and but which that just shows that it's still happening and it's still out there. So, I mean, thankfully, my friend, you know, he was supportive, was like, hey, bro, I got you 100%. But the fact that that's still happening means, or that happened, just shows that it's just people, white people are still out there and think that black people are inferior. Like, they still believe that. Like, truly, they do believe that. So, I would want you, as my friend, to be like, look, racism is happening, acknowledge it, and then two, it's wrong. And we should, like, there, it, it shouldn't, it, it should stop, you know, whether it's police brutality, whether it's, you know, people looking for jobs, black people looking for jobs, whether it's black people looking for houses, whatever the case may be, it's just be, be anti-racist. I posted a thing on Facebook the other day that actually um, caused my cousin, who is, um, he's, a, he's half Mexican, half white, and his wife is black, and it's a beautiful mm -hmm. family. Um, but he got really upset with me. It said, I, and, and it said, I'm, I'm not grieving for George Floyd. I'm grieving for America. Is that racist? Hmm. Hmm. I think, so you put, I'm grieving, I'm grieving for America, not George Floyd? Yeah, well, it said, it, it's a, it was a whole meme, and it, 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 you can find it on my Facebook. And I didn't think it was racist, but it said, look, I'm not just grieving for George Floyd, which I can do. But I can also grieve for the country as a whole. Is that racist? I mean, I want to say that racist, but it's not. I could like for me just hearing that now. It's almost like 
it's almost like side, it's not side, but it's like almost like sidestepping, or not sidestepping, but it's like not addressing that George Floyd issue straight on. Gotcha. So it's not racist, but it's just like, you hear that, it's like, hey, if you had like said, okay, George Floyd, boom, here's the George Floyd, then a separate one, Zoom for America, so then it's like, okay, hey, I know how you found George Floyd, then I know how you stand on America. You know, just so we have it clear. I gotcha. For me, that's how, you know, that's how I kind of see that. I understand. But I don't, I wouldn't say that's racist because, and I know you, so I would say, okay, no, like, I understand what you mean. But that's kind of how I would see, I could see others perceiving that. I gotcha. Ife Kalajai joining us. A, a few final questions because uh, um, I know you're a busy dude, but you're also very smart because you're going to Pepperdine Law School. Can you use, I mean, law school is going to take, what, four more years? Uh, three more. I'm actually hoping to do it a little bit less, but typically about three years. Okay, so, and then are you, what's the goal for that, uh, to use your law degree? Uh, what side? Um, so like criminal defense or? Be, so I do want to be able to help uh, black people that has been in like the underrepresented underrepresented community. That's something that is uh, really big for me. That's something I think I'll be able to accomplish with this law degree. Um, in terms of, you know, different issues I mentioned before with housing, um, you know, criminal defense, uh, um, uh, wages, you know, jobs, different things. But then, you know, for me, I also, you know, I mean, I play basketball and I love music. I do want to get into the entertainment side of law also. Um, so that's those are kind of like the areas I'm looking at with law, just to be able to kind of branch out and into a different career path, you know, and see where it takes me. But yeah, I mean, definitely criminal defense. I want to see, I want to be able to help. Like, I want to be able to give back to my community. At the end of the day, that's what it is. So if I can do that, whether it's um, in the entertainment sector, or whether it's the criminal defense, that's something that I'm looking forward to. Ife Kalajaya joining us here at Jason Walker Show, Mike Miller, State Farm Hotline. What do you say to the celebrities who say we need to defund the police departments across the country? Is that something that we need to do or should do? Or is that just, I mean, flat out ignorant in in a different way? I would say, you know, the, defund uh, the police department. And I would actually like to get um, or do a little more uh, research on that before I spoke heavily on that. But okay. I will say to that that um, it's it, I don't we know that there are bad apples within police departments, so we can't you know make that decision you know based on the few bad apples. At least I don't think defunding all of the police departments across the nation. I think that would be just a very drastic move. Um, and I still, and I do think that there are places, right, that where the police are doing good work so, and are helping the community, keeping the community safe, you know, protecting and serving their community. So I do think that defunding this across the nation would be very, is very drastic. It's very, that sounds very drastic. I think we should just take a, a little more time maybe to understand or like to figure out what the best route would be if we're going to be defunding and see and look at 
stats and see what's ha- happening, you know, actually in those communities before funding. Uh, we're going to say goodbye to our audience on Treasure State Radio, but if you want to catch the the rest of the show, you can listen on Podbean Network One Sports. You can always go to jasonwalkershow.com, but there's another show coming up here at the top of the hour we want to let you get to, so we'll let you go do that. Uh, Ife Kalajai joining us here. Just to, like I said, a few more final questions, Ife, but um, if you had a chance tomorrow to speak to Governor Gavin Newsom, uh, President Donald Trump, and take out political feelings, personal feelings only. What would you say to those two guys? I'll say that the country uh, needs help. The country uh, is divided, and uh, the country needs, you know, a, a leader and a strong leader to help bring us back together. Because now we're back to, you know, the Civil War type environment. And it's unfortunate. Uh, it's disheartening. And we, you know, we, it's, it's, it's not something that in my lifetime I would have, you know, thought that it would come to. But here we are. So we need, you know, somebody to help bring us back together. At the end of the day, it's all love. Like we all, we, we just want to live our lives to the fullest, black or white. Live our lives to the fullest. You know, enjoy time with our families, do the things we love to do. You know, and then you know, move on to the next phase. So, for you know, for a group, you know, for white people, you know, to think that they're superior, and then not condemning that or not and, or condoning it. Right, it's just it's disheartening, and it just goes it, it it hits our humanity in a way that's just, uh, it's, 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 you can't describe it. You can't describe it. I mean, I said I've had like my stomach has just been turning because it's just it's it's very disheartening. So we I would want I want a leader to come help you know and step in you know and you know take a stand and be like racism is wrong, police brutality is wrong, and it's happening against minorities on a daily basis, clearly, you know, thankfully we have, you know, film, but like it's happening and there's stuff that's happening that's not our film, but we need to put an end to it as soon as possible. The only way to do that is to acknowledge it. So I say to the leaders of Donald Trump or Governor Newsom, it's like we need to acknowledge this and then take steps to put an end, put an end to it. Four years ago, Colin Kaepernick took a knee for the first time against police brutality and during the national anthem. As someone who has multiple members of the family in the military, I was upset with that. And I still think that that was wrong. And another another avenue could have been chosen by Kaepernick. I get what he's saying. Um, I understand it. From a distance, because again, I'm not black. If is there another way that you would recommend people instead of kneeling for the national anthem against the flag, get the point across for you? So for me, with the Colin Kaepernick issue and the kneeling. 
um, it, I would like that is because we know what the issue is, we know that he's not kneeling against the flag or against the people that fought for the nation uh, and for us to be safe and to, be able to live our lives in peace and comfort. So we know that that's why he's not doing it. But we do know that he's doing it for police brutality and social justice. So with that being said, there was a time even before that where people would lock arms, you know, standing during the national anthem. And uh, that was saying, okay, no, you shouldn't do that. You know, just you should respect the flag. So then he knelt and they said, well, no, you shouldn't do that. You should respect the flag. But then the point of a protest, I would argue then to your point, that the point of a protest is to disrupt the social norms. So the social norm, right, is to stand, you know, salute or put your hand over your heart, you know, during the national anthem. But the point of a protest is protesting uh, social injustice, police brutality. The point of that is to disrupt the social norm. So it brings it to your attention to be like, hey, this is what's happening in my community. This is happening in our community. Let's do something about it. You know, and that's like, that was the point of the protest. So, yes, like you're saying, like, I under I hear you when you say, okay, yeah, yeah they're, they're the national anthem or to, uh, he, they, maybe he's your children another time. But I would say it got your attention, right? It got America's attention, you know, for like, sure. It, it, it got America's attention. So, like, that was the that was the point of it. The point of it was to get people's attention. So it's like, hey, this is what's happening. So that change could happen. But then instead, uh, I mean, him and I believe it was Eric Reed, who was also kneeling, they settled with the NFL, uh, I think under $10 million, something like that. And they were able to settle for that. And then he was, I mean, he was blackballed and is in the NFL and isn't playing. So I would say for that, that I don't like, I think the way he did it, because I think if he did it any other way, if it disrupted the social norms, then would it have been okay? Like, what other way than... Because the point of it was to get people's attention and bring it to the social injustice. So he did it, and it got people's attention and brought it to the social injustice. So I think the point of it was he got... I mean, he did what he intended to do. Yeah, okay. Ife College, and, I... And, I mean... Go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. I was just going to add that, yeah, and it's the First Amendment of the Constitution. So, I mean, he was in his right to do that. And that's what I came on that. Uh, and I respect that. Ife Jai joining us here, Jason Walker Show, Mike Miller, State Farm Hotline. Um, this is The last week has been tough for the country as a whole. It has been tough for um, black people. Did you, in your time, Ed Carroll, ever think about kneeling? And what would you say... Or was there a, a blanket order for all sports at Carroll? I don't know, um, as far as kneeling. Um, I did think about it. Um, it wasn't something I did, um, but I did think about it. Um, I personally didn't feel like it was something that you know, I was going to do, like, it was something he was doing, um, everybody was seeing it, uh, me personally, I saw that, I was like, hey, you know, what he's doing, um, but for me, at Carroll, I, I never knew, and I didn't, I, 
it just wasn't something that I was going to do. Really. Was it discussed as a team? It wasn't discussed. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't talk about. I mean, we we talked about uh, Carol, uh, or we talked about Colin Kaepernick doing that, or like we had that discussion. But like, it wasn't discussed of like, oh, you shouldn't kneel or you should kneel. It right. wasn't ever. So like, I would. I mean, I would have been interested to see, you know, what the response would have been. But um, yeah, like I, it just never. It never. Uh, it didn't come to the point where um, I felt like I needed to kneel. Um, what would you say to college uh, student athletes? going to that are black going to play in Montana or any any state where there's not a lot of African American community uh, as far as what to expect and what would you say to the coaching staff then with because of what's happening right now uh, about how to handle the situation as a team mm-hmm. um well I would say for your first part um, that you, if you're a black person going to Carroll or to a predominantly white school, um, you should just be aware, you know, of where you are, who you're with, and just understand that, I mean, it's, racism is still out there. And you don't know people's hearts until you know it. So with, like, how, I mean, I didn't like it. Just to go back real quick to the last question, how I did a deal. But I was able to, you know, give my voice and articulate what it was, uh, how I felt, you know, the people that I spoke with on campus and on the team and different teams that I saw on campus. So I think for them, it's just important about, you know, not being afraid to speak your truth, um, use your voice. Don't be afraid, like, don't be afraid of the moment. Like, it's going to come. And, you know, and just hold yourself, hold yourself accountable. And, you know, if you act the way you're supposed to act, you know, be respectful to everybody, be kind to everybody, you know, act in love, um, and do your job, whether it's, uh, if you're an athlete, you know, show up to practice, you know, work out, play hard in the games, you know, do what you're supposed to do, then it'll be fine, you know, and especially at Carroll, you know, but like I said, I had a great time at Carroll, um, but if you just do your job and you, you know, just kind of understand where you are and understand that your reality is different, from others so like if you do get pulled over you can't be over you can't be overly aggressive you know and start yelling at police all the time oh I wasn't doing this oh I wasn't okay no just put your hands on you you know be be submissive I mean that's just what that's the game we're in now you know don't reach for anything too quickly because you just you don't want them to think you're reaching for something you know so just act accordingly you just have to understand that if they understand that they should be fine what was the second part of the question? Uh, just as a coach, no, no, I, I love listening to you, my man. As a coach, what would you say to a team uh, during this time right now? Oh, um, I would say, oh, that's a great question, too, because with coaches, especially with athletes, uh, when you, you spend a lot of time with your coach. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're also in the, uh, particularly um, black uh, athletes from who come from underprivileged backgrounds. Well, that coach is going to be looked at as a father figure or looked at as you know an authority figure. And so, for the coach not to 
denounce or for coach not to say or be anti-racism or be anti-police brutality is I I would be hurt, you know, if that was the case. I would want my coach to be like, hey, guys, I see what's happening now. Um, I don't support it. I don't condone it in any way, shape, or form. You know, racism is wrong. Police brutality is wrong. Um, I'm with you. I support you 100%. I love you. I like, like I love you like my son. I love like I want. I would want to know that they truly do care about me and respect me as a human. You know, and, and I mean, uh, for a lot of them, their coaches are going to be white. Sure. So if they don't come out and say that, it's now it's just you're up in in limbo and you just kind of don't know what they're thinking. They, if they just come out and say, you know. We all need to be better, and all lives matter, and everybody, you know, needs to get along. It's like, well, I look, I hear that. I'm just like, bro, what is, like, what? You're saying all, like, no, like, what What just happened was a black man was, you know, a knee was put on his neck for nine minutes, and you're saying all lives matter? It's like, no, you need to tell me that, you know, black lives matter, because, or else, or if you're, that means you're not telling me that you're not okay with that, or you're telling me that you're, this is something that's just like you're straddling the fence. It's like there's no more time to straddle the fence. Like we need to just be anti. You're either with it or you're against it. And I don't want to know that my coach is against it. Gotcha. Period. Just point blank, just be against it. That is uh, that is perfect. Ife College, I uh, joining us here, Mike Miller, State Farm Hotline. All right, a couple final fun ones to let you go. Is it did well before I ask this? Did. It, are you happy with the dialogue today? And is there anything you want to add? No, I'm very happy with the dialogue. Like you're able to, you listen. Like you, you ask the, the right questions. You ask good questions. You, you understand where I'm coming from, and I appreciate that for sure. Um, and it's been it's been fun. It's been fun. I'd like, give you a hug if I could, but I can't hug you through a through a camera. You know, like two thousand miles away. <laughs> I'm good, but I'm not that good, my friend. Hey, um, do you care if the NBA comes back for this season? I do. I'm very excited. I think they're supposed to come out with a decision tomorrow. It's something like that, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm excited. I think it will help, you know, just kind of relieve tensions a little bit. Um. And I mean, I'm the basketball junkie. So yeah. you tell me basketball coming back, I'm, I'm with it. 100%. I'm real happy. Plus, you're a Are Laker. You happy about that? Plus, you're a Lakers fan, right? So. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Lakers and four. Hey, I'm a Lakers fan too. I, I go way back to like the early '80s as a fan. Um, but I'm not a LeBron guy, so I, I, I'm kind of torn. I'm like Coach Coach Rochelle Sayers on the women's side at Carroll. She's a she's not a LeBron guy, but but she's a Lakers fan. What do you have against LeBron? LeBron's about to bring a chip to your team, and you don't like him. <laughs> no, I just it goes way, and it's not that I I don't like him. I look, I, I he, he's an unbelievable talent. He's transformative to the NBA, like Jordan. He changed the game, uh, and Kobe. Okay. But he just the, he's he was a they they anointed him self anointed him king before he'd won anything. Ife, you can't do that. Come on. <laughs> but, I mean, just look at what the guy's putting forth. I know, I know. Look at him. He's a heck of a talent. I, I, I love the guy. I love the guy. And he's in L.A. I mean, I have to. Well, yeah. I have yeah. to. I, yeah. 
All right. Um, do you remember the bus trip coming back from uh, Lewis Clark State in Lewiston, and we stayed in St. Regis? Yes. Do you were you one of the were you one of the the six that were walking around town? <laughs> you know, we're not going to uh, get in any. Tr- I'm not going to say anything. I mean, well, you guys were just hanging out outside the the hotel, walking around town of St. Regis. It's a beautiful town. Why not, right? I was out there. Beautiful town. I, you know, I think we're probably just going to get some uh, some water to hydrate. Yep. For the, uh, yep. The chip magnum, make sure that people aren't yep. Speaking of, what was that stuff you took in the hotel room that the trainer had? It was that it was almost like a uh, an energy drink, but it was to prevent crappy. But oh. it was spicy. Do you remember that? What? What? Oh my! It was. It uh, hurt I my it was stomach. Hot shot. <laughs> it had like a shot of ginger in it too. That it was something. <laughs> it's like Tabasco. <laughs> Yeah, that that thing was crazy. They put like spicy peppers. It worked. Yeah, because you had cramping issues. So yeah, no, it was bad. I I mean, I had to like hydrate extra, Um, and I think it started my junior year of high school where I realized like I have to like really hydrate and like stretch before. That's going my growing my senior year of high school. So well, it's uh, better to pull your own grind. Yeah, right. <laughs> but that was just kind of, I knew then, okay, this is just something you have to, you know, take kind of seriously. And, you know, thankfully, Carson, you know, he, you know, did some research, you know, and got, the, got that drink, <laughs> that spicy Tabasco ginger drink. <laughs> hey, have you ever met and a coach were, so into research and science as Carson Cunningham was? Or is? I don't think I have. I haven't had a coach <laughs> like that. Like, he was very he, – he's one of a kind. <laughs> That's a good he's way to say it. <laughs> hey, we love Carson. Don't get me wrong. I love Carson. We, we love him. We love him. Like, he's one of a kind. He just, he just he cares so much, yep. which is one thing I did like. You know, I love that about him. That he, he cares so much and was willing to do anything, you know, to True. try to win and put his team in a – good position to win and I was like you know what this dude he obviously like he's just as upset as I am you know when we lose so that's all I mean I want I would want to coach that yep. wants to you know go to battle for you yep. and, he was, and he he did that you went to battle royales with Carson hey uh you're good <laughs> friends with <laughs> you know that one you're good friends with Laurel Johnson keep your water in there you <laughs> 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 Are you upset that you didn't get a bobblehead like Laurel did? I am upset, actually. No, no, and Ryan I and Pat and Ollie? That's not fair. I, I, I didn't get a bobblehead. <laughs> I didn't get a bobblehead. What did, you, what did you guys get for senior night? Because Zach had a T-shirt, and it was all about Zach that night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, we had the bobbleheads. What did your senior class do? Um, we got our jerseys framed. Well, everybody gets that. Yeah, and then we got uh, a letter from the team. But that, yeah, I mean, that was what we got. We just got our jersey framed, and then uh, we took that back. We didn't have a bobblehead, we didn't have uh, the t shirt. See, but I don't know. Did they get their jersey framed too? I think they all did, yeah. Oh, they all did? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Obviously, you stay in touch. Yeah. Uh, you stay in touch with Laurel. You stay in touch with anybody else, like Ryan or, or um, you know Pat and Ollie and 
and Zach mm-hmm. and those guys? Yeah, no. We have a big group chat where we, like, you know, we throw some things in there and we go back and forth. Um, and we're actually uh, looking to meet up this July, a group of them, about maybe six or seven uh, are coming down to L.A. So oh, nice. That would be nice to kind of come do a little reunion, get together, chop it up for a little bit, you know, and just kind of <laughs> catch up. Catch up. Yep. It's been a minute since I've seen some of those guys. Uh, was it since uh, maybe Ollie's wedding? Did you go to Ollie's wedding? I wasn't able to because I was actually on uh, study abroad in Singapore. Oh, that's right. So I didn't. I missed it. I missed it. I was hurt. I missed that. Yeah, but you were in Singapore, man. Come on. They got like awesome. <laughs> My brother, when he was in the Navy, they ported in Singapore, and he got me a very sweet silk tie for like two bucks. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I believe that for sure. The food is cheap. food is good. The architecture is amazing. Like, they had right when you step into the airport, and you go, they have, like, a fountain of water that, like, I think was, I forget the price, but it was in the millions, right? And the fountain from the roof all the way down, and it's, like, there's many floors, and it's all the way down, and it's just, and you can walk around it on the different floors, and it's just amazing, right? It's amazing. Their architecture, different buildings that they have, is a crazy, like, they just do the absolute most. Like, the malls will have water fountains in them. You know, kids are playing there. Um, the food is good. The food is cheap. It's really humid out there, though. Like, you got to be ready to sweat. <laughs> you got to go out there. I like, it's really I like, humid. There you go. Um, all right. So, if I come down to L.A., do you, are you, I, I've never been to Pepperdine. One of my all-time favorite players, uh, Shan Furch from Livingston, and then he played at Montana State, finished his career at Pepperdine. Uh, Jim Herrick, who was a great coach at Pepperdine and then UCLA in Georgia. Um, so if I come down, I want to hang out because you, you overlooked the. You're right on the beach, right? Can I just hang out on the beach while you're in class? No, no, definitely. Come with the tank top and shorts. That's an easy call. With the with the what pop and shorts? We'll do that. A tank top? Oh, a tank top and short. These are like chest pop and short. <laughs> <No. laughs> hey, I got my quarantine 10 going on right now, my friends. So. <laughs> I love it. I love it. My, my COVID-15. Hey, um, I appreciate you the con- someone we can catch a game. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I would, I would love to go to a Lakers game. Just because I want to see, um, they still have the Laker girls, right? They better. <laughs> well, I don't. Well, it have to be next year. <laughs> it have to be next year because they're going to all play in Orlando, and we're not no fans and all that. But um, oh, that's true. Yeah, Dang, yeah. True. So we will have to wait till next year. Hey, let me get your thoughts real quick on Kobe because I know you're a huge Kobe fan. I love Kobe, and uh, that that was sad, super sad. Yeah. No, I was. Uh... I was an emotional wreck, you know, for almost a week. Where I was just like, man, this guy, because this is not, that's my childhood hero growing yeah. up since '96. That's why we we grew up with the Lakers. I knew I only knew the Lakers with Kobe. Yeah. So it was just it was that, and then seeing that or hearing that, I remember I was my friend came to me and showed me the TMZ um, webpage of it, and I was like. You're like, don't play with me. Like, watch out. Like, it's not funny. And he was like, dude, I'm serious. And I was like, what? And I just slumped to my knees. And it was just in shock. It was just like, man, like, this is my guy. I remember watching him hit the buzzer be like six straight buzzer beaters one season against like Milwaukee, Toronto, the Kings, uh, 
was like, this is like, I love this guy. He gave his all every single time. And he's somebody too where, uh, for what he did, he just put everything on the table and he knew, okay, this guy, if they lose, it's like, okay, well, Kobe did what he could. He did, he gave 110%. And that's like something I kind of just try to emulate in that, look, everything I do, you give 110% where nobody can say, he said he didn't give his best. He didn't try his hardest. He didn't do what he could. I wanted to be not. He did everything he could have done in his power. And I let the chips fall where they may. So that's like one thing I did try to take from Kobe, the mama mentality. <laughs> yeah. Well, you uh, you you dealed it, uh, dealt with it very well, and uh, it was super fun to call your entire career um, three fay. Three fay college. Yes, sir. There were, I, I just I wish. We, okay. Did you? Who had more? Okay, what's what's more? What's higher, Matt Wyman's dunks or your three pointers? Who had more? Uh, I'm gonna say my three. I know. I, I, early on, I don't think Matt was dunking like that. <laughs> like he was dunking, but it wasn't like that. Like later, he got some dunks. Like he started dunking more consistently. But I'm gonna go. I gotta go with my three. <laughs> I gotta go with my three. Well, it's I'm three fake college, I, man. Come on. Hey, uh, I really, really appreciate you joining us today and uh, sticking for the full hour plus. It's been, um, it's been, an, uh, it's, it's opened my eyes to uh, to a lot of things, and I appreciate that. I appreciate you. Well, I appreciate you too, man. Thanks for having me on. It was a pleasure. We love chopping it up with you. It's been a while, so yeah. it's good to kind of just hear your voice and you know. Have this good conversation. Uh, you're welcome anytime. Anytime something's on your mind, just shoot me a text. We'll get you on the air. If you want to talk about, uh, you know, the Lakers or you want to talk about the uh, racial injustice and, and keep going, whatever you want to talk about, man, just shoot me a text. We'll get you on the air anytime. For sure. For sure. Thank you. Hey, Thank say you. hi to your family. Uh, miss them. Miss them. And, uh, I will. Yeah. I will. That was my, some of my favorite parts was getting to know your guys' families. From from those teams, yeah. I, mean, I still remember when they, my mom first saw you. And yeah, I still remember. You're the yeah. voice. Taking me back. <laughs> I'd listen to you. No, it's great. <laughs> uh, give your hey, give your mom a big big hug for me, will you? No, I will. I will most definitely. All right, my man. I will, I will uh, chat with you soon. And uh, thanks again for coming on. We'll talk to you soon. All right, now. Thank you. Take care. Yep, that's Ife Kalajaye joining us on the uh, Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. Uh, appreciate uh, appreciate Ife uh, being a part of uh, an important discussion. And uh, like I said, it opened my eyes to a few things. So I, I appreciate uh, appreciate EJ, uh, Ife joining us. Segment brought to you by uh, Mark LaRoe Photography. Visit MarkLaRoePhotography.com. Get all your senior portrait stuff booked, your family portraits. Or if you want to order something great, uh, go online. You can go to his gallery and check it out. It is uh, Spirit of the Big Sky Gallery. It's on Custer and Helena. Unbelievable stuff. All right, on this day in history, brought to you by the Motherload Sports Bar, Casino, and Restaurant. And today is uh, June the 4th. It is National Cheese Day. It is National Cognac Day. Safe Day and Hug Your Cat Day. Um, no, nope. Uh, 1896, on this date, Henry Ford took his first Ford through the streets of Detroit. Uh, 1927, at the first Ryder Cup, uh, Worcester Golf or Country Club, U.S. beat Great Britain, 9.5 to 2.5. 1964, Sandy Koufax's third no-hitter. 68, Don Drysdale, six straight shutout 
en route to his 58 innings consecutive, which is now broke. Uh, let's see, 92, US, uh, United States Postal Service announced young Elvis beat out fat Elvis for the stamp. And uh, happy birthday today, Bruce Dern, 1936. He was the bad dude that killed John Wayne and the Cowboys. To this day, my mom will not watch anything with Bruce Dern in it. Uh, let's see, 1798, Giacomo Casanova died. Yes, that Casanova. 2010, John Wooden passed away at the age of 99. And uh, Don Zimmer passed away on this date in 2014, the uh, Hall of Fame. Well, not Hall of Fame, but American Baseball Manager. Uh, there you go. Uh, on this day, brought to you by the Motherload Sports Bar, Casino, and Restaurant. Yeah, we went long. It was a discussion I felt we needed to have. I'm going to get to this. We're almost at the end of the show. What did we learn? And what did he miss? Time for the walk-off. Um, like I said, in a for, in very important discussion today with Ife College I, we're going to continue the discussion tomorrow, the dialogue. Uh, former Providence coach Anthony Owens will join us. He was actually at, he, uh, he was the coach when they were still the uh, University of Great Falls. But uh, Anthony Owens will join us, the new head coach at Columbia Basin. We're going to chat with him about uh, what's going on across America and learn more. And this, these are conversations as Montanans we need to have. And as, as non-black people, we need to have. And we can't have them, you and I. But to have guys like Ife College I and, and Coach Owens share their story and share how we can be better, that's what we need to do. So Coach Owens will join us tomorrow at four. Special thanks to Ife College I. Love it. Walk off brought to you by Cafe Zydeco, the best Cajun this side of Louisiana. Make sure you stop by 625 Euclid. We'll do it again tomorrow with Anthony Owens. Take care. See you at four. The Jason Walker Show is produced by the Jason Walker Media Company. Any reuse, rebroadcast, or retransmission without the express written consent of the Jason Walker Show is strictly prohibited. Just listen, watch, and enjoy.